Hello and welcome to this week's Bethel podcast. It's good to be able to share with you. If you're one of our regular listeners, welcome back and thank you for taking this time out of your schedule to listen to our podcast. If you're new to Bethel Church, then it's great to uh, to have you share with us and I trust you'll be blessed as we go through our podcast today. Title for the podcast this week is two words, very simple words. It's be ready. Be ready. That's our title. Um, you know, Advent 2020 is nearly upon us. Christmas 2020, whether we uh, believe it or not, uh, after the year that we've had, but Christmas 2020 is just around the corner. And I wonder, how are we going to celebrate Christmas this year? Will we share Christmas in the company of our loved ones? Or will we have to do Christmas over Zoom? Everything seems to be on Zoom these days, doesn't it? Will Christmas 2020 be on Zoom? Whatever or wherever, are you ready for Christmas 2020? Many people will have been, will have been getting ready for Christmas 2020 in the sales that started on Boxing Day of 2019. You know what it's like getting the cheaper Christmas cards, the cheaper wrapping paper, even the cheaper gifts, and they all get put away for the following Christmas. Some people we know don't work like this, and some people's preparation for Christmas starts just the week before. I don't know about you. But you know, in some way, shape or another, we're all in the preparation business. All of us prepare for events that we're involved in. We all prepare for events that we know are just around the corner. Some events take months to prepare for. Other events can take years to prepare for. A lot of people spend all of their working days paid into a pension fund preparing for the day that they will retire. In some way, shape or form, we're all in this preparation business. Recently, I was listening to the news on the radio and these were the three headlines, the first three headlines of that newscast. The coronavirus is escalating and a second lockdown is imminent. The second headline was, there's an earthquake, quite a nasty severe earthquake that's taken place in Turkey. The third headline was, Worshippers killed in a terrorist attack in Nice, southern France. Three major world events that took all of three minutes to put before the world on the newscast. You know what? We live in days of unknown tomorrows. And as I was thinking about these events and our unknown tomorrows, my mind turned to the second coming of Jesus and just how bad will things get before Jesus returns? We know that nobody knows when this will take place, but the instruction is, be ready. Matthew 24, verse 36 to 44 says, But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, 
marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they all knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the handmill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you all also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Nobody knows when the second coming of Jesus will be, but verse 44 tells us that we must be ready. We don't know the day or the hour of his return, but today we are closer than we were yesterday. So the question is, are you ready? There's an old legend about a man who had a rather stupid servant. The master often got exasperated with his servant. One day, in a fit of frustration, he said to his servant, you've got to be the stupidest man I've ever met. Look, I want you to take this staff and carry it with you. And if you ever meet anyone more stupider than you are, give them the staff. So the servant carried the staff. Often out in the marketplace, he would meet some pretty stupid people, but he was never sure if they were more stupid than he was. Years passed with a servant carrying the staff. Then one day, he came back to the castle and he was ushered into the master's bedroom. His master was quite sick. In the course of conversation, the master said, I'm going on a long journey from which I'll not return. The servant said, Sir, have you made all the necessary preparations? The master replied, No, I have not. The servant inquired, Could you have made the preparations? The master said, Yes, I guess I've had my lifetime to make them, but I've been too busy doing other things. The servant took the staff in his hand. He gave it over to his master saying, Master, Take this with you. At last I've met a man that is more stupid than myself. Don't be stupid and be ready for that which we know will happen one day. The first Christmas was the first coming of the Saviour and that is why we prepare and celebrate each year. But as you prepare for Christmas 2020, will you consider the second coming of the Saviour? The second coming makes Christianity all the different. History says look back. Science says look around. Philosophy says look within. But Christianity says look up. The word of God is very plain in his teaching. The Jesus Christ who walked this world, conquered the grave, rose from this world and now rules over all the world will one day return to this world. Revelation chapter 1 verse 7 and 8 says, Look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. 
so shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, he who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. John, who wrote the scripture, is very clear. He states he is coming. John, John didn't say this is a possibility, a plausibility, or even a probability. John didn't put this forward as just a theory. John states flatly that Jesus Christ is coming again. The question is, do you believe it? And if so, are you ready? This is a certain truth that we can often forget as we live our lives in the hustle and bustle of every day, climbing the ladder, making a living, getting caught up in situations that we can't change. But we must remember that we are always living under the shadow of the second coming of Jesus Christ. There are 39 books in the Old Testament. These can be divided into five books of the law, 12 books of history, six books of poetry, and 16 books of prophecy. In each of these four groups, we find reference and circumstance to the second coming of the Saviour. The New Testament consists of 27 books. They can be put into three categories. We have four Gospels, one book of history, and 22 books of doctrine. In all three groups, there is reference to the second coming of Jesus. Man's new or second birth, we might call it, is, is an important doctrine, but it's only found nine times in the Bible. The doctrine of baptism is found 20 times in the New Testament. The doctrine of repentance is found 70 times in the New Testament, but 380 times or one verse in every 25 in the New Testament tells us that Jesus Christ is coming again. I'll put before you these facts. Why? Because I would encourage you to be ready. All of the Bible tells us to be ready, to keep looking up, to keep the faith, to listen out for the trumpet sound. I would encourage you to be ready. In 1907, Robert Baden-Powell founded the Scout Movement. He gave the Scouts a motto, of which I'm sure you all know. That motto was, or is, be prepared. God Almighty gives warning to all mankind, be prepared. So I would ask you, are you and yours prepared? The truth is that it's been over 2,000 years since Jesus was born of Mary in a stable in Bethlehem, the first Christmas. Over 2,000 years is a long time to wait for something, and many Christians have lost the sense of urgency. Many of us ra rarely, if ever, think about the second coming of the Saviour. Many Christians can be afraid, but you know, we shouldn't be afraid. We should be looking forward to this day. If Christians thought about the second coming more, I'm sure we would have a different church. Churches would be more united. We would be more concentrated on sharing the gospel. The church would be more welcoming. Individuals would be more committed and our communities 
would know the difference God can make. We can't make people ready. We can't bully people into being ready. But by the Spirit, we can influence people to be ready. We, the church, should be prepared. We, the church, should be ready. We, the church, should be watching. And we, the church, should be wise. The great creator who created the clouds is one day going to return on the clouds. The first Christmas, Jesus came in humiliation. When he comes again, it will be with exaltation. Can you look forward to the second coming of Jesus? There are many events that are recorded in scripture that must have been awesome to have been at. And I'm sure you can think of your own events that you could say, wow, if I was only there. I've just got a few to mention on this podcast. It must have been awesome to have been at Bethlehem on the first Christmas night. To have been one of the 5,000 fed by five loaves and two fish. To have witnessed Jesus walk on water. What about if we'd have been present and have witnessed with our own eyes and seen Lazarus raised from the dead? To have seen the stone rolled away and hear the angels speak the first ever resurrection message. To have stood on the Mount of Olives and watched Jesus ascend into heaven on clouds of glory. If only we could have been there. But there's one event that I'm not going to miss. One event I'm going to see, and that's the return of Jesus. If this second coming happens during my lifetime, I will hear it, I will see it, and I will be raised up to be with him and all those who have gone before me. If this event happens after my time on this earth, I will return with him. Why? Because when the trumpet sounds, Jesus will return. All of heaven will return with him. The angels will be his attendants. The saints will be his soldiers. The chariots will be, sorry, the clouds will be his chariots. The dead in Christ will rise and the archangel will shake the living. Revelation 1 verse 7 says, look, he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him. Every eye will see him. A Christian man went into the undertakers and asked, I would like to rent a coffin and a grave, please. The undertaker replied, rent? Surely you mean buy. The Christian man said, no, I only want to rent, not buy. Why do you only want to rent a coffin and a grave? Asked the undertaker. The Christian man replied, because when Jesus comes again, I won't need them. I'll rise to be with him. Last weekend, we were at Pam's graveside to see the newly placed headstone. Looking over the hundreds of graves at Poke Lane Cemetery, me and Ron were discussing what a sight it will be when the graves of the redeemed will be opened and the bodies of those in Christ will rise. What a day it will be. And then those in Christ who are on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to be with them. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion 
until the day of Jesus Christ. But as we wait, why not spend every day trying to experience the joy of living, to experience the more of Jesus? You might have to slow down to move forward. We might have to change to see him and all he has for us. We know that in life we, we can be hurt, beaten and thrown into the jailhouse of insecurity. But Jesus is our security. Jesus is our promise. Jesus won't leave you and Jesus is coming back for you. Hope for today and hope for the future. We can't fear the future if we know that the future is in God's hands. Face your tomorrow with renewed hope. Hope in Jesus can change situations. Do you want your situation to change? Josh McDowell, the famous uh, speaker and author, tells this story. Josh was visiting a friend who was a headhunter for, for large companies. The man's job was to recruit corporate executives. This friend told Josh McDowell about a recent experience he'd had with a man that he had recently interviewed. When I get an executive that I'm trying to hire for someone else, said the head hunter, I like to disarm them. I offer them a drink, take my coat off, I undo my tie and loosen my collar. I throw my feet onto the table and talk about baseball, football, family and whatever it takes until they are all relaxed. Then when I think I've got them all relaxed, I lean over, look them square in the eye and say, what is your purpose in life? It's amazing how many top executives fall apart of that question. Well, the headhunter continued, I was interviewing this fellow the other day. I had him all disarmed with my feet on the desk and talking about football. Then I leaned up and said, what's your purpose in life, Bob? And he replied without blinking an eye, to go to heaven and to take as many people with me as I possibly can. For the first time in my career, said the, the headhunter, I was absolutely speechless. More and more it can seem as if we're trapped in this life where trouble and strife is all around us. There seems to be no answer. Every sign seems to indicate that this world is like a runaway train that has no brakes and it's without a driver. Many think we're heading off a cliff and there is no hope. John 14 verse 27 says this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The hope of the world is Jesus Christ. The hope of Jesus Christ is that we are faithful and we take as many people with us to heaven as we can. Be blessed and encouraged. Be without fear and be ready because soon and very soon we are going to see the King. Amen.